Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers fans of the shield carolina panther fans everyone in between far and wide watch yourself partner welcome in to episode number 94 of the talking the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful august 3rd twenty. 21 switched it up on you a little bit when we get back to the daily betting shows it will obviously return to this beautiful day of bets but before we get into all of the analysis behind the entire carolina panthers season preview please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any other ttl content being dropped but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure that you hit it there as well so you never miss the start of uh, any audio there or any drop there as we do release it after every live show is over next item up on the docket if you could be so kind you got a couple extra seconds hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating jump in the live chat if you're watching live we would be happy to answer all of your carolina panthers questions and more we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you guys do so and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least head on over to this episode's description where you will find the talking the line link tree within that link tree you will locate the talkingtheline.com website if you hadn't heard about that yet and all of the other ttl crew social platforms and additional content so you can consume it however and whenever you please ladies and gentlemen and beautiful gambling people nfl fans carolina panther fans if I missed anybody, I'm sorry, but you too. Welcome into episode number 94 of the Talking the Line podcast. And once again, thank you so much for choosing to join me and my partner on today's show. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Soroka. And I've mentioned him a couple times already. Not going to waste any time today gabbing, flabbing, telling you about him. Let's just bring him right on in today. The man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself. Mr. Riley, R. Mags, Magnuson. Partner, 
How you doing over there today, pal? My man, I'm a little clumsy, as you mentioned, uh, kind of alluded to as we got on into the show. But, uh, you know, nothing new here. I'm a clumsy fellow, but uh, I'm feeling pretty damn good, my man. Uh, another team coming our way that I'm excited to dive into. A little bit of an under-the-radar team, but we've got some serious thoughts on these guys. And I'm excited to dive into it. What about you? I cannot wait for the Panthers. Little do you know, you didn't really know until this morning, but the Carolina Panthers are my favorite team in the NFC to watch outside of my Chicago Bears. Right. I love the Panthers when they drafted Killer Cam number one overall back in the day in 2012 or 2011, I do believe it was. I fell in love with the Panthers. The light blue and black, it just was something about it. They became my Madden Ultimate Team mm -hmm. franchises, my other franchises. I love the Panthers. So, that all being said, I am going to have an unbiased opinion here today and give my thoughts on the aforementioned Carolina Panthers. Well, if you didn't read the episode title, there you go. It is the Carolina Panthers here today, and we got plenty to talk about. Actually, outside of me being a fan of theirs, a bandwagon fan, if you will, this is one of the teams that I am most interested in this season to sure. see what they For do. Sure. A big question, question mark, at quarterback. Mm -hmm. We'll talk all about that. We'll get into the entire offensive line because that quarterback has plenty of weapons at his disposal. We'll give you a full 2021 outlook outlook not outlook mm. outlook mm. offensively and then we'll get into the defensive side of the ball was kind of a strength for the Panthers in 2020 I think that they continue to improve upon that under the direction of Phil Snow defensive coordinator we'll also talk about the entire coaching staff for the Carolina Panthers once we do all of that We'll dive deep into their schedule. We'll break it down week by week. We'll also talk about some of the key areas of timing that you guys need to know about because the Panthers have some key distinct advantages all throughout their schedule this season. We'll talk about what we think they might land division-wise, where they might be games outside of their division. We'll talk their full schedule, everything, and that'll segue us right on in, partner, to what we know and love. The betting preview yes, for sir. the Carolina Panthers. We will first talk about all of their 2020 ATS and over-under trends, give you some key stuff there. Then we'll dive into their 2021 weekly lines. We'll also talk about their over-unders. We'll talk about their season win total. Plenty of stuff to get into mm -hmm. in the season win total. Very interested and excited to talk about that. Plus, Plenty of other stuff to talk to you guys about on the betting side of things. Make sure that you listen up because the DTL crew is making sure that you cash tickets on the Carolina Panthers all 2021 NFL season long. We'll wrap up the entire Carolina Panthers season preview as we have every other team to this point with our best fantasy advice in the segment that we have now dubbed Start, Stash, or Pass. We'll talk about the QB, the RB, the wide receiver, and the tight end rooms. Hell, we'll even talk about the defense. As I said, partner, we cannot leave these guys out because actually this is one of my favorite ones in the entire league. We got to talk about kickers. We'll talk about even kickers from a fantasy perspective, ladies and gentlemen. We're covering it all in regards to the Panthers today. Hey, as a reminder, if you haven't tuned into one of these episodes before, these NFL special editions, I don't know why you haven't because they've been loaded with nothing but great information. But hey, maybe you stumbled upon us 
right scrolling through your Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. Maybe you stumbled upon us scrolling through YouTube this morning. Maybe you just all of a sudden heard about one of us, either our mags or me, and then you stumbled into talking the line Twitter. I don't know. Either way, first things first, thanks for choosing to stop on by once again. I know I've said thank you multiple times, but we cannot tell you how much we appreciate all your guys' support. However, if uh, this is your first time, make sure you go back and check out the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Ravens, and yesterday, the Bills. We've already done four of these bad boys, and they just keep getting better and better and better and better and better. But you're tired of me talking. You're tired of me saying all this horse shit that doesn't even matter. You came here to hear about the Carolina Panthers and get ready to cash tickets on them, learn about them, and get everything in between. So without further ado, cut all the nonsense, stop the banner, quit the drama. You could go to every other sports media outlet and get. You've been coming to the TTL pod lately for nothing but NFL insights and analysis, and it's time to get into it for the Carolina Panthers today on episode 94 of the TTL pod on this beautiful don't forget, August 3rd, 2021. Oh, baby. Here we go, my friends. First segment, as it has been, as it will continue to be, uh, before we actually do move along. Had some video issues yesterday. Yes, I know we, we did. did. My fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed under the tables, as well are Mr. Magnuson's. I would so kindly ask you, for our benefit and the benefit of your viewing privileges on the opposite side of that screen, Please cross your fingers and toes that <laughs> producer Colt has figured everything out here today and allow host Colt to focus all of his effort on today's content and the Carolina Panthers and none of this haywire bullshit. Thank you very much. I appreciate you in advance. Let's get into the first segment of the day, ladies and gentlemen, the Carolina Panthers full team breakdown. All right, my friends, if you haven't been here before, you're about to find out where we go. We're kicking things off. Offensive side of the ball, key additions, key losses. Now, I get things started go for with it. the key losses offensively. We got to talk about who these guys got out of the building. Now, there are more than the guys I will mention, but the guys I won't mention weren't of super note. Didn't really need to write home about them, so I didn't need to waste time on them. However, some key names you need to be aware of that the Panthers lost offensively. Alex Arma at fullback. Chris Reed at left guard. Curtis Samuel, big loss in the wide receiver position, but we'll talk about some holes that they were able to fill there. Mike Davis, running back. Also think they filled a hole there, but we'll wait to talk about that too. And then they lost... Teddy Two Gloves, our man, Teddy Bridgewater, goes to Denver, and Carolina actually pays the Denver Broncos to take him for mm -hmm. this season. Correct. That's uh, all of the noteworthy players on the offensive side of the ball as far as who left Carolina. Hey, partner, as far as the draft, free agency, or via trade, who did the Panthers pick up going into 2021? My friend, it might be, uh, you know, obviously there's the big name acquisitions, and there might be a little under the radar that you may not know of. But the Panthers were actually pretty busy this offseason. Obviously, they filled the spot of Teddy Two Gloves with Mr. Sam Darnold. Hopefully, we aren't seeing any ghosts for his sake this season. He'll be the starting QB here for the Panthers. They also, <laughs> what's that? Just the ghosts? Yeah, well, so if you guys haven't got Sharp, uh, Warren Sharp's book, the 2021 preview, he writes in there trying to find Bruce Willis. Yes, 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 yes. And see a ghost. It's right, just, right. He's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, they also picked up a couple of uh, offensive linemen here this offseason. Cameron Irving, left guard. He's going to probably be the starting left guard here for Carolina. 
Also picked up Pat Elflin. He might see some time there in the offensive line for the Panthers. David Moore also from Seattle in here at wide receiver. Going to see where his position is as far as playing time, how much playing time he is going to see because there are a lot of a lot of solid wide receivers in this room. They also picked up Dan Arnold from over in Arizona at tight end. He's going to be competing for a uh, starting role and some playing time. Regardless, whether he's a starter he's not or not, he's probably going to see a decent amount of playing time, at least I would say 40% of the snaps, if not 60 or higher. And that about does it for the free agency class here. But even in the draft, they were pretty busy and going to have some guys that you're going to see out here. Uh, Terrence Mar- Terrence Marshall Jr., excuse me, wide receiver in the second round. He's going to get a lot of time here in the slot, uh, it does appear. And then they also picked up Brady Christensen, some uh, offensive line depth there in the third round. Tommy Tremble, tight end, third round as well. Obviously, I just mentioned two other tight ends, so we'll see how big of a role he plays or if any at all this season. And then my partner mentioned the loss of Mike Davis. They filled that role with Chubba Hubbard in the fourth round here. He is most likely going most likely going to be spelling uh, Christian McCaffrey whenever McCaffrey needs a break there, or obviously, hopefully not on the IL like we have seen him over the past couple of years. Chubba Hubbard would be the next man up. Chuba. If the, Chuba, sorry. <laughs> I like saying Chubba. Uh, Chubba De- <laughs> Deontay Brown, offensive guard in the fifth round, and then She Smith there in the sixth round at wide receiver as well. Uh, so those last couple of guys probably aren't going to see too much in the field this season. But hey, man, they filled, I would say, just about every single one of those holes with some uh, guys that I really like, and I think they're going to make an impact here this season. Yeah, I 150% uh, agree with you. I love just about every offensive addition that they brought in here to Carolina. Now, before we talk about all of kind of the 2021 outlook offensively for the Panthers, let me give you just a couple of their key 2020 stats that you should be aware of that I both think uh, we see some improvements and some that might stay the same. So offensive stats you need to know about. The Panthers gained 5.6 yards per play last season. They rushed the ball on 40.99% of their plays and passed on 59.01%. Their completion percentage was at 67.82%, third down conversion being at 38.97%, and red zone scoring being at 50.88%. So as far as kicking things up, that red zone scoring and third down conversion, we'll talk a little bit about things they need to improve as well as far as two-minute drill and uh, that red zone scoring for sure. And then some of those things I think say the same right around in that same pass rush breakdown. But uh, we'll talk about all of that here in the 2021 outlook. So, partner, biggest question mark, honestly, let's tackle it right off the bat here. Most important position on the field, the quarterback position coming in, seeing Ghost from New York. Is he clear eyed, ready to rock and roll? How are we thinking uh, Sam Darnold's going to do here this season uh, coming in year one? You know, I've got higher hopes than I did when he was with the New York Jets. I think the offensive line is going to be, in fact, I know the offensive line is going to be a hell of a lot better than he saw in New York. And I think all around, it, the situation is just much better. It's just a matter of, did the Jets break him or not, is honestly the concern that I have here. And it might be a little bit of a growing pain to get used to this new offense, and I think we might see that. But the uh, season is pretty front-loaded with some weak opponents, so I think that, uh, you know, feeling out... Sure we will. And that feeling out process, I think, uh, you know, it's timed well, if you'd ask me. So... I'm not going to say I have high hopes, but I think we I think we see some serious improvements from Sam Darnold here this season. Much like you, I do think that Sam Darnold does improve dramatically yeah. over the course of the 2021 season. 
Um, now, we'll give a full fantasy analysis and, and of course, all of that offensively uh, at the end of the show, as I've already told you guys. So a little bit more brief here in the uh, offensive outlook. But I do think that Sam Darnold has plenty of weapons. He's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Uh, guys, we'll talk about the addition of David Moore as well. Uh, Terrence Marshall. Uh, coming in via the draft. I love his weapons, yeah. and also the running back position for him is back in good standing. So, me too. I think Sam Darnold is in for a very, very good season. Maybe not superstar Patrick Mahomes quite yet, right. but I think compared to what we have seen, he's going to be much better. Now, I talked about the running backs uh-huh. there. Obviously, we missed him last season. Boy, oh boy, if you got the number one overall pick, you took him. You were in pain. And ladies and gentlemen, I was in pain. But he's back this year. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, back number one, RB1 in the Carolina backfield. And you mentioned it, backed up what it looks like to be Chuba Hubbard at this point. Chuba Hubbard, in my opinion, is great for this role. I think he will be able to give McCaffrey that much-needed rest from down to down when he needs it and be able to go in there and be a solid workhorse. Now, do I think he's going to be as solid as Mike Davis was in year one? No, I don't think that, but I do think Chuba Hubbard is very good. I loved watching him Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma State, and I think he continues to produce very solidly in the NFL. What do you think about the running back room in general, partner? Yeah, I mean, I echo exactly what you said. Uh, obviously, as long as Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he is an absolute freak. And, uh, you know, like you're basically alluding to, Chuba Hubbard should be a very solid running back, too. I, for his sake and for, obviously, the Panthers' sake, this isn't, uh, you know, a weird take or anything like that. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey's health needs to be there. But especially for Chuba Hubbard's progression, he does not need to be thrust into that RB1 role right off the bat or at any time here in this first season. So I really like him as an RB2. If he gets thrust into that RB1 role, pray to God that doesn't happen. I don't like him as much in that role. But, uh, you know, I like this room overall, and I love Chuba Hubbard as the RB2. I do as well. Uh, I definitely have some strong fantasy opinions on that, so make sure you stick around for that as well. Uh, Talked about him just a little bit there in the uh, more of the weapons for Sam Darnold, the wide receiver room led off obviously by uh, Robbie Anderson but it's also kind of a back and forth between one and two with him and DJ Moore right then you got the addition of uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. who is uh, coming out of if I am not mistaken I want to make sure I say it correctly oh coming out of LSU I thought so so that's really really good reunited with Joe Brady right he actually did have Joe Brady as his OC at LSU before Brady made the jump to the NFL so I love to see that I think Marshall has an immediate impact on this offense I also think that uh, people should be a little bit higher on David Moore. I think he got muddied up in the uh, Seattle Seattle wide receiver room, and I think that he has a little bit more success here in Carolina. Now, am I saying he's going to have a 500, 600-yard season? No, by any means. He may only have three, 400 yards, but I think he's going to be a lot more impactful than he was on Seattle. Outside of that, nobody crazy to write home about. They did get She Smith as right. well out of South Carolina. Told you I, I loved, or, or maybe I said this before the pod, I watched a lot of South Carolina football last year. I love watching the Gamecocks, right. and uh, especially with J.C. Horn as well, who we'll talk about defensively. She Smith was a great, great slot man. He, he, You know, him and Terrence Marshall might be going back and forth a little bit here for that slot spot. They're very good guys coming in, and I think they both make an immediate impact. What about you? Yeah, as far as She Smith, I'm still waiting to see on that. I do like Terrence. 
Terrace Marshall as much as you're saying here. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of DJ Moore. So I think he has another big impact, a lot of yards once again. Uh, and Robbie Anderson getting reunited, uh, so to speak, with Sam Darnold. Played together, I believe, only for one year. But despite all of that, I think they have, uh, you know, obviously enough of a connection to where they can rekindle some of that magic. And I so. I, he had a very solid year last year. So I think he only builds on that. And I really like this receiving core. Uh, they're, they're just very fast, honestly. And I think that's going to be a very, very solid pace here for this Carolina offense. Uh, but as far as Chief Smith, yeah, I'm still waiting to see on him. But uh, overall, I really like this receiver room. All right. Well, that does it for the skill positions. They're not to say that the big boys aren't the skill position either, but we need some coverage for the ass of Sam Darnold right. and uh, for the running ability of Christian McCaffrey and potentially Chuba Hubbard. So about that offensive line, we got a uh, new guy coming in in Irving at left tackle, uh, Eflin, Paredes, Miller, and Moten. Now, Miller and Moten have been there for quite some time now, mm -hmm. I do believe, and so uh, has Paredes. Now, both of left tackle and left guard are going to be new this year, so... Any question marks there in your mind? Or are we just going to have to kind of wait and see, plug and play? What the hell is going to happen with Sam Darnold? Are we going to give him a clean pocket or what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a like, not a love. I do like this offensive line. And like I was mentioning, this offensive line is going to be a hell of a lot better for Darnold than he had in New York. Uh, but even I like the pickups of Urban and Elfline. It's just a matter of are they going to be, you know, exceeding expectations or kind of, you know, falling right into the, you know, kind of mediocre category. Because as far as spending, they're right in the middle of the pack for the NFL. 16th most expensive offensive line here uh so that left side is going to be a little bit of a question mark but overall i like it here i agree with you uh pretty pretty much echo every statement uh that you just said there and kind of wrapping up everything on the offensive side of the ball how about some rankings kind of where um some of the guys over at sharp football analysis are thinking that uh this team is going to fall offensively this year all righty well let me tell you i'm glad you asked because they got um mr sam darnold ranked at 30th out of 32 quarterbacks right now obviously a lot of question marks that could improve we think it does improve mm -hmm. but way too many question marks did the jets break him or was it just the fact that adam gase probably wasn't the best head coach ever right. outside of that the offensive line does come in ranked at 29th so mags is pretty high on him i'm also pretty high on him but there are I think they're gonna uh, fall more in that middle of the they're pack gonna fall then, more yeah. in the middle of the pack but uh there are a lot of question marks on the left side of that we all know that now running backs fourth ranked room obviously one of the better ones in the league with christian mccaffrey doesn't matter who's backing him up however he's got to stay healthy I don't think that's a problem at all this year. I don't think we have to worry about that. I think that's one of the things that happens with an elite level running back and it just, the, the world is falling. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, Christian gets hurt. It happens to professional athletes and I think he comes back just fine. He's looked plenty, plenty good in a lot of his rehab videos that I've seen. And then last but certainly not least, the receivers coming in ranked at 14th. So right around the middle of the pack, uh, right about where me and Mags are on them. I'm a little bit higher on them. I me too. love these guys. Absolutely. Also from a fantasy perspective. So I got plenty of strong thoughts on them too. make sure you stick around for start, stash or pass. Another reminder there. That does it all for the offensive side of the ball. Let's keep it rocking and rolling, my friends. Full team breakdown into the defensive side of the ball. Quickly, partner, as uh, I kick things off with the defensive or offensive losses, you kick things off with the defensive losses. Correct. So, hey, could you be so kind and let us have it? 
I think I can do that. So for the defensive losses, Got you on, off guard. <laughs> <laughs> on paper here, uh, as far as the number of games played and games started, there might be a little bit of concern here, but in my opinion, it's more of trimming the fat and finding the right guys for this defensive scheme and for this new coaching regime that we saw come in last year. You have F.A. Obata on the edge, played all 16 games last season. He's going to be out of here. Razul Douglas played 14 games at cornerback for them last year. He's on his way out. Uh, Adarius Taylor, 13 games played Tahir Whitehead 14 games played Stephen Weatherly nine games off the edge Woodrow Hamilton five games interior D-line and then Kawan Short interior D-line only played three games last year so as I mentioned there's a few guys that played at least 13 14 games there so there might be a little bit of concern for you but I believe my partner is going to tell you about what obviously he is about to tell you who those people uh, were filled by. But in my opinion, those are a lot of trimming the fat as opposed to any big losses that's going to cause any issues for this defense partner. I would 150% agree with you on that. I do believe that uh, they were able to fill some of those holes no problem whatsoever. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be an issue for them um, as far as kind of keeping some of those core guys on there. Uh, we'll talk about plenty of them in uh, in general here. But overall, um, let, me, let me go back here real quick. Um, I just had a little bit of a video issue. I hope we fucking didn't. But uh, unscramble the brain real quick. Back into it. Uh, defensively, as far as what they added on uh, free agency and via the draft or through trade, the trade market, whatever might have happened there, uh, I would like to let you know about uh, some of the guys that I really think are going to be top-notch here for uh, the defensive line. Hassan Reddick, great add for the Panthers off the edge. They also added Daquan Jones and Morgan Fox for the interior defensive line. They added A.J. Bouye out of um, Denver at the defensive back position. Denzel Perryman at linebacker. All those guys were via either trade or free agency. They didn't do too bad in the draft. Once again, went pretty defensive uh, when it came to of the draft picked up JC Horn defensive back out of South Carolina Davion Nixon defensive tackle out of Iowa and Keith Taylor defensive back out of Washington and then also Phil Hoskins uh, defensive tackle out of Kentucky so filled a lot of those holes that they let walk that my partner right. told you about so I think that they have plenty of success here back on the defensive side of the ball now as far as it looks in general partner I think that this uh, defense has a pretty strong season quite similar to their 2020 season. Now, a couple of key stats I'd like to let you guys know about there. They allowed opponents to uh, gain about 5.6 yards per play. Their opponent completion percentage was at 68.03%. Opponent third down conversion percentage at 49.25%. And their opponent red zone scoring at 63.16%. So much like they need to up their red zone percentage on offense, they need to decrease that a little bit there right. on defense. And then uh, also third down conversion, you'd like to see that go down a little bit, much like you'd like to see it go up a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. So, Parter, do we see something similar? Are we going to see a little bit of improvement here on the defensive side of the ball for the Panthers? Yeah, I think we see some improvement. And kind of like I was saying with Sam Darnold, there might be a little bit of a growing pain to start the season. But as I was mentioning, it's pretty front-loaded with some weak opponents. So I think over the long haul, you're going to see an improved defensive uh, unit here. Kind of what I was saying, they trimmed the fat uh, as far as losing some guys, and then I think they brought in some guys that they really like that fit their scheme a little bit better here. Their secondary is still a little bit of a question to me for sure. Obviously, they bring in Bouye, as you mentioned, and J.C. Horn, uh, number eight pick overall. So I like the guys that they brought in. Still a few question marks as far as the safeties are concerned and, you know, the, the deep defensive back depth here. So... 
Do I think it's going to be a top 10 defensive unit? No, I'm not saying that, but I do think we see some improvements here. I do think we see some improvements as well. I love the addition of Denzel Perryman. I think he's going to be very solid at the linebacker position. Much like you, I also think this cornerback room is going to make some improvements. AJ Bouye, I think is going to be very solid. Had uh, kind of a down year last year in Denver, battled some injuries, battled some suspension, I do believe as well. JC Horn loved him in the Gamecock uniform. He was top notch. The one problem though, is that Phil Snow runs a lot out of zone and JC Horn finds his success out of man-to-man coverage right. because he is a big physical strong defensive right. back so it's going to be a little bit of a question in my mind how much success he does have but then also uh, you have Jackson on the opposite side of him that uh, has been pretty consistent so flashes of some of that electricity you like to see so I mentioned, or I haven't mentioned him yet. I wanted to, uh, Jeremy Chin, I think in his sophomore season, he is going to sure. be very, very dominant. Uh, strong safety that they just move all around the field. Yeah. They can, he can blitz, he can be in coverage, he can be in zone, he can do whatever he needs to do, and I absolutely love it. So I think he has a great year, and then potentially Burris as well. But honestly, the biggest question mark in my mind, and I think they'll be all right, is that defensive line. Obviously brought in some new guys, yeah. but I love Hassan Reddick to be solid, and then some of those other guys that they signed um, uh, via the draft that I think are going to have plenty of success success here in 2021. Yeah, I think for me, as far as the defensive line, it's going to be a little bit of improving on last year for Derek Brown and then Daquan Jones they brought in. So I like both of those guys. So I think basically all together, like I said, I don't think it's going to be an amazing unit. You're not going to say, wow, that Carolina defense is amazing. But I think we do see some improvements. You see a lot less of uh, some stupid mistakes that you saw last year. And overall, I think, uh, as you were kind of alluding to, they need to pick up that red zone defense, and I think we're going to see that. And that, that might be the key switch here for this defense into this next year. Yes, sir. Nothing else to uh, really tell you about defensively except a few key rankings that you need to know where the guys over at Sharp Football Analysis think that the Carolina Panthers defense is going to be falling this year. Front seven, they're pretty doggone high on them. 10th overall so far think those that linebacking core and uh, the rest of the interior and exterior defensive linemen are going to do plenty of success and have plenty of success rather uh, for Phil Snow this season now as far as the secondary they're a little bit lower on them 24th overall like I said some of the question marks going back to JC Horn AJ Bouye exactly what this secondary is going to be is Jeremy Chen going to be top notch in his sophomore season still a lot of questions have to be answered but I think that that secondary is going to be just fine and they'll find themselves right around the middle of the pack i don't think top 10 by any stretch but definitely right around in there maybe top 15 at the best outside of that wrapping up the full team breakdown if you didn't know the coaching staff you're soon about to head coach matt rule entering his second season coaching the panthers he is also in the second season being joined by the man the myth the absolute legend Joe Brady, right. uh, coming out of LSU, offensive coordinator. Like I told you, uh, Terrace uh, Marshall getting rejoined with him. I think that plays large. I think the second year in this system, a lot of the guys are going to be a little bit more comfortable. Obviously, inserting a new quarterback into the second year of a system doesn't right. really help all too much. But I think that the offense is going to find plenty of success, especially with having their all-star running back and Christian McCaffrey back. Last but certainly not least, defensive coordinator Phil Snow mentioned him a couple of times. I think that he gets uh, this defense in a good spot. I think one of their keys is going to be shifting a little bit more to man. We'll see uh, if Phil Snow will do that because he is a um, his own coverage guy. So we'll see what happens all there. But now you know the entire coaching staff for the Carolina Panthers. All right, my friends. 
Let's keep this show moving. You know the entire offensive, defensive outlook, and the coaching staff, and even some stuff from 2020, so you have kind of an idea as to where this Panthers team might be at and a forecast as to where they might be going. Let's keep this show moving right along and dive deep into the entire Carolina Panthers 2021 schedule with their full schedule breakdown. Real quick, uh, going just through the entire schedule before we kind of uh, dive deep into division, yada, 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 back and forth, this, that, and the other, you know, kind of give our uh, educated opinions. Let's, uh, let's talk about week by week here. Uh, first things first, let me get back up to the top of the document here. All right. So you said it earlier, partner, and I think that they have a very solid chance to go three and oh here to start the season. And, uh, they play the jets, the saints and the Texans in week one, two, and three. We'll talk about all those matchups here in just a minute. Week four, five, and six, they play the boys, the Eagles and the Vikes, then seven, eight, and nine, the giants, Falcons, and Pats. Follow that up in 10, 11, and 12 with the Cardinals, the football team, and the Finns. They do have their bye in week 13. Something to keep in mind for you fantasy players out there. They also then come off the bye in week 14, playing the Falcons, and then close their season out 15, 16, 17, and now 18 weeks this season, boys and girls, with Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then Tampa Bay again. Sheesh. So, bit of a rough into the season. Sure is. Uh, pretty much, I'd say from I uh, week yeah week fifteen on week twelve might be a little bit of a question mark, but we'll talk about that. But as far as the beginning of the season goes, early yes, thoughts before we dive into each game individually here and kind of break it down division wise, yada yada yada. Any early thoughts, kind of from what you're seeing there, per sharp football analysis, easy towards the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, really rough towards the end. Yeah, I mean, uh, that last four has got to be as tough as any team's last four games in the entire NFL here. But uh, Sam Darnold at home versus the Jets in week one. Funny how those things work out, huh? huh Funny. Wouldn't you know it. But uh, yeah, I uh, obviously week two at home against the Saints, you mentioned possibly they go 3-0. and We're a little, little bit... Uh, Every day that moves on, we're a little lower on the Saints. So that one's obviously a question mark. But Jets and Texans, two out of the first three weeks. I If they don't get two out of those three games, uh, you can basically close the book on this season. And then they go, uh, you know, a couple NFC East games, which, you know, uh, of all the d- divisions in the NFL here, uh, big old stutter there. But all the divisions <laughs> in the division... <laughs> All the divisions in the NFL, that's still one of the biggest question marks. So you could see, uh, you know, a bit of a question mark on those two weeks. And then, uh, you know, I'm not as high on the Vikings and they get them in Carolina. So I do like that matchup for them. And then at New York and Atlanta, I do like those for them as well. So they really need to start off the gates hot. And as I mentioned, you know, could be some growing pains, but we'll see if those growing pains come against those weak opponents and they can still pull them out or if it's going to be some massive growing pains and we close the book on this one early partner i don't know about you i don't think it's going to be massive growing pains i really hope it's not me too uh, just for my sake of my panthers fandom and uh for my betting account because i do think these guys are going to be very valuable in the dog spot once again this year but eh, wait for the next we'll segment we'll talk about all that jazz however that all being said let's get into it my man uh first things first division wise You know, personally, I looked at it a few times, and one way or another, I believe that they go three and three Mm -hmm. in the division. I think that somehow they either get two wins from the Falcons or they get two wins from the Saints. You just said it, partner. They 
as each day goes on, the Saints have kind of gone lower and lower and lower on our list. And there's just too many question marks in my mind right now. Now, now, hey, change it in a few weeks. There might be some question marks answered. I might have a different opinion for you. But right now, as far as the NFC South goes, I don't think the Panthers are going to win it by any means. But I think they go three and three and they do decently at 500 in the division. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I just had I pointed up in the air because I had a little bit of a uh, another thought on top of that one way or another, even more. So I think they get three because in week 18, they get the Tampa Bay Bucks. And the Tampa Bay Bucks might have the division all but wrapped up in Week 18. That is a very good point. So you could have the Carolina Panthers getting an easy win against some backups against Tampa Bay. But as you were alluding to, I fully agree with you that I think one way or another they get at least two against either Atlanta or New Orleans. I'm leaning more towards Atlanta and then a split with New Orleans. So I'm right there with you. And then, uh, hey, optimistically, they could get four out of this one if they can get a a backup opponent against Tampa Bay in Week 18 there. Yeah, I I honestly think that that could be something that honestly might even push them to four and two, if they get that's the, what, yeah yeah if yeah honestly I mean if they if they get two wins like I do believe they will against either the Falcons or the Saints mm-hmm. I mean they they could very 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 easily get an additional one against the uh, against the old Bucks there so hey. hey I like you bringing that to my <laughs> attention hadn't really thought about that yet that's another reason why we do this we get to talk through things together make us smarter and make you smarter my friends so let's keep it moving right along they got eight games outside of the division well actually 11 games outside of the division but eight main games two main divisions four out of each division afc east and the nfc east are those two main divisions obviously gonna be a little bit of a toss-up we don't know if the nfc east is gonna be the nfc least or if they're going to come in and be the typical powerhouse that they had been year over year nfc beast nfc beast ah i like that i like that i didn't uh bad hosting job waiting for you (laughs) nfc least nfc beast uh should have should have been quicker to the draw there however uh as far as the nfc east goes i think against the cowboys is going to be a shootout yep i'm not too sure that they win that i think that they might dallas it's in dallas they're uh coming in as five and a half point dogs we'll talk about that but I don't know. It's going to be kind of a close one. They might edge it out against the Giants. I think they beat the Eagles, too. So I think they go 2-2 two and two in the NFC East with a loss to the football team. Uh, I know that's kind of crazy, but I think defensively that's just a bad matchup. Yeah. Or maybe some via the form they go 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. And then I think they go 2-2 two and two as well in the AFC East. I think they get wins over the Jets or either the Dolphins or the Pats. It's yeah. just going to kind of come down to one of those games. So I think overall they go 4-4, four and four, uh, yet again 500 outside of the division. Yeah, I am basically right aligned with you 100%. I don't think they get a win in Dallas. Uh, and then one way or another, I think they get two out of either the uh, Giants, Eagles, or football team. And I'm leaning towards the Giants and the Eagles there. Not write him off against Washington, but like you said, I don't like that matchup for him. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they get at least two wins there one way or another. And same with the AFC East. I think they get two wins one way or another. Definitely against the Jets in week one. And then uh, uh, for their matchup's sake, I do like them against the Dolphins uh, compared to the Patriots there. But one way or another, I'm right there with you, my man. Well, that leaves three games remaining yes sir three games outside all of those you got the texans the vikings and the cardinals i too am also not very high on the vikings this year so i think they go two and one outside so that leads me all to at the bare minimum if they go three and three in division three four five six seven eight nine 
That sounds like an over total to me, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Partner, what do you think? You and I, this might be the team that we are as aligned as we can possibly be because I am right there with you. Once again, I think they smoked the Texans in week three. Um, if this game against the Vikings was in Minnesota, I would probably have different feelings. I might lean towards the Vikes, but in Carolina, I like Carolina. Don't love them at Arizona. If it was in Carolina, I might uh, lean towards Carolina in that one. But with it being in Arizona, I don't like that one. So once again, I'm right there with you. Two and one out of these three games. Okay, so we'll talk about the season. You want a hug or something? I don't know. Like, for real, this is the first time. What the hell's going on? I mean, is the world ending? We need to open up the windows in the studio right now. Make sure it's not the apocalypse going on outside. Uh, But, yeah, you know, we've talked about it a little bit. um, Just kind of their their ease of schedule early in the season, their hard schedule late in the season across the board last season. It was rough no matter where they found themselves. They had very few easy games, far and few between, but they still somehow managed to have some of the most one score loss games right despite being five and eleven sure. so that just all leads us to thinking that they're going to improve on the season win total overall sure. and there's the classic mags what do you got oh nothing oh, no, additional no. sorry sorry, just, sorry. You, i was agreeing you, with you, you just agreeing with you yeah intensifying <laughs> my point okay didn't have yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't sorry. have a point of your own gotcha all right last but certainly not least uh let's wrap things up here with some uh key things as far as timing before we get into the uh defensive or not the defensive the 20 2020 ats over under sure. weekly betting lines all that shit you know what i'm saying quickly um because i wanted to men- the reason why i wanted to mention this is because this, the Panthers have one of the best advantages as sure. far as rest and prep when it comes to their opponents. Now, they have three opponents faced when they their opponent has less than a week to prep for them. Yep. So absolutely huge. And they have zero opponents faced that have over a week to prep for mm-hmm. them. So already great numbers there. Then you look, they have no rest disadvantages this year in 2021 and then they have three rest advantages sure so they're already plus three in two categories here and then they only play one team on a uh, short week road game and then they have no team uh that plays them off a road sunday night or monday night football so they are looking really good as far as being able to be prepared being able to be ready to rock and roll and honestly Maybe that's what it's going to take. Maybe you're going to have to have the training wheels on Sam Darnold for a few weeks here and be able to, hey, let's get a little extra rest. This team doesn't have much time to prep. We got a good advantage over them. I mean, hey, maybe that's what it comes down to this year. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, looking at uh, to lay these games out specifically, they get an extra advantage against the Cowboys here in week four. They play the Texans on Thursday night football, which I'm a little shocked that anyone is putting the Texans on Thursday night football, but I digress on that. So they'll have a little extra time against the Cowboys and hopefully have a uh, a whomping of the Texans to where, kind of as you're saying, they could rest Sam Darnold a little bit, get him some eyes on what went right in that game so he can pre- prepare for Dallas, and then you get a nice big rest advantage against the Falcons. Uh, Falcons at home in week 14, so I think that bodes well for both of their matchups, uh, taking both of them against the Falcons. And then the last one is they get an extra day uh, compared to the Saints in week 17, and it's in New Orleans, so I don't love them in New Orleans. But hey, that extra day could be the uh, the deciding factor in that one. So uh, overall, man, pretty rare that you see uh, zero rest disadvantages on the season, and hey, I, I like and it for this team, man. And three advantages. Sure. I mean, that is right. really bizarre to see, but hey, The Panthers are thanking the schedule makers this year. No question about it. 
So talking all about the schedule, you now know about everything going on there. You now also know about all of the lineup and coaching staff. What a segue to start talking about the weekly betting line. So it's a daily gambling show, ladies and gentlemen. You typically come here for Stone Cold Locks, but for the time being, you're coming here to get smarter so we can all have more Stone Cold Locks. So let's get into the Carolina Panthers 2021 season betting preview. Here we go. First things first, uh, let's take a look, a brief look at some of the key 2020 ATS and over-under trends for the Panthers. Now, their average line in 2020 was plus 3.4, so Mm -hmm. just about 3.5 points, uh, right about that field goal number you typically tend to see. But going into 2021, their average line is at 2.2, so getting just a little bit more respect from the books here. And, uh, you know, they're getting a lot of respect from me as far as when they're in the underdog spot. Now, as far as ATS-wise in 2020, they went 9-7 ATS. They were 2-3 as a favorite and and 7-4 as an underdog. At home, they were pretty bad against the spread, 2-6 overall, 1-3 as a favorite, 1-3 as a dog. But... On the road, the Panthers took care of business against the number. 7-1 ATS, 1-0 as a favorite, and 6-1 as a puppy. So against the number, the Panthers are doggone good as an away dog. And I got a little bit to talk to you about that, uh, but just hang on tight. Let me tell you just a little bit more here. How about some over-under numbers? Well... Once again, partner, I've said it a few times. uh, Finally found a team yesterday in the Beefalo Bills that... uh, that actually were, hey, they're an over team, over, over, right. over. Here, once again, a little bit of a, I don't know what they're going to be. Sure. In 2020, the Panthers were 7-8 and eight over under overall on the season, had an average line of 48.2, and it's pretty doggone similar uh, this season. Not really even going to waste any time telling you guys about the game's totals on uh, this episode, simply because they're all right around 48.5, yep. 44.5, 45.5, 46.5. They're all right in that mid-40s ballpark, so it looks like they're going to be another, I don't know, team when it comes mm-hmm. to the over-under. So four and four at home, three and four away, one and three as a favorite, and six and six as a dog. So nothing uh, nothing entirely uh, to write home there. So I uh, I got nothing else to tell you over-under wise. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's going to be, uh, as far as over-under picks week by week, it's going to have to be a very specific matchup that I like. It's not going to be a team that I'm seeking out week, on, week in and week out for an over-under play. 100%. But hey. I know you love them. You know if you tuned into yesterday's episode, I absolutely love them. A good teaser. Well, hey, this team, eh, you might want to pass up. Might have to be the right spot to add them. But in six, seven, and a 10-point teasers for the Panthers, respectively, they were 10-5, and 11-5, and 14-2. and, five, and So maybe that additional little leg into that 10-point teaser, get it up some more plus odds, but... And maybe leave them out of the six and seven point teasers for the time Hmm. being. That does it for all of the 2020 ATS and over-under stats. Everything uh, going into there, some key things you should know about. And we'll continue to talk about those just a little bit in some of the outlook into the 2021 weekly lines. All right, my friends, here we go. Now, we've already talked about the schedule. We've already discussed who they will be playing, some of the things we think there. So let's talk about some lines. Week one, two, and three. Come in favored minus four and a half points against the Jet Jets. Two and a half point underdogs against the Saints. Give me all of that. 
minus four-point favorites to the Texans. Then you got four, five, and six against Dallas, Philadelphia, and Minnesota, plus five-and-a-half-point dogs in Dallas, three-point favorites at home against Philly, and a pick em at home against the Vikings right now. Week 7, 8, and 9, you have the Giants, Falcons, and Patriots, as I already told you. But coming in as three-point dogs against the Giants, three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Falcons. Once again, give me all of that. And a pick em against the Patriots in Week 9. Very interesting there. Books might have a thought that I told you just a little while ago when we were just talking about the schedule. Week 10, 11, and 12, Arizona, uh, they come in as six-point dogs, then go to face the football team. Minus one point favorite, so it might be a tight game there. In uh, that is actually played in Carolina, and then week 12, Miami, they go in as four and a half point dogs. Then, obviously, week 13 by week, and then we wrap up the season 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Atlanta, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. One and a half point favorites, nine and a half point dogs, six and a half point dogs, and then six and a half point dogs and then six-and-a-half-point dogs. Mm-hmm. So they close out their season, three six-and-a-half-point dogs, and two of those are on the road. Seven-and-one ATS last season as an away dog, and I think that's a trend that stays consistent. That's what I was going to say, my man. Not everything as far as their close games are concerned last year, improvements in our opinions on this year. I don't see why we don't see at least six-and-two ATS on the road once again. Again, they're going to be in that dog spot, if not every single week. Uh, maybe not every single week. Obviously, they kick it off uh, week three with at uh, Houston. So the other seven weeks, I mean, uh, maybe they'll flip against the Giants or Falcons. Who knows? But overall, man, I don't see why they don't go at least six and two ATS against uh, on the road here. As far as, you know, that public trend or that trend doesn't catch on for the public because this is a five and 11 straight up team. So that's going to fall off. Hopefully, oh, great. You know, OBS decided to disconnect and reconnect and whatever the hell it wants to do right in the middle of uh, some great stuff there. So hopefully uh, nothing was missed all too much. Uh, but hey, <laughs> See what, what, a, what a great time to uh, bring it on in there. Uh, moving right along. Thank you, uh, thank you, though, for that, partner. Um, some key things as far as what are games I might be targeting and games I'm targeting early here. I love that five and a half points against Dallas in week four. Mm-hmm. I love the pick 'em against Minnesota in week six. Right. Give me all of the three points and three and a half points in back-to-back weeks in week seven and eight against the Giants and Falcons. I'll gladly, because we already talked about the Cardinals and how much they're going to be in some tight shootout games, we do believe. I'll take that six points in Week 10 in Arizona as well. Not afraid of the four and a half in Miami either. And you know, the only ones that I'd really be afraid of are the plus nine and a half in Buffalo, the back-to-back plus six and a halfs to close the season in uh, Tampa Bay as well. But I probably would take the six and a half for New Orleans because I think they're going to be fighting for their lives. And I think the Panthers are going to be sneaky good at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm right there with you, my man. I might not even hate that nine and a half against Buffalo. I am scared away on, uh, you know, I I mentioned week 18, maybe Tampa Bay is resting some guys. So that might be a different case. But if Tampa Bay is a full go, uh, Tampa was one of the teams that absolutely smoked the Panthers last season, despite all of those close losses that the Panthers had. They only had a two point loss against Kansas City. So I, I could see a lot of coverage even if that line is big kind of like what i'm saying here in week 15 against buffalo that nine and a half doesn't scare me all too much even as much as i like the bills if i'm being totally honest here so there you have it my friends you heard it here first per the ttl crew you might want to target the carolina panthers uh 
as an away dog on the line, the spread line this year. If you listen to a daily betting show and you didn't know what line meant, I don't really know why you're listening, so I don't know why I had to say that twice. But let's keep it moving right along, my Rock friends. And Rock and roll. <laughs> Last but not least, in regards to the weekly line, partner, please lay it on me right now. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Week one in Carolina, the former team, the New York Jets, now head coached by Robert Sala. We'll see what he does. Turns it around. But we're not talking about the Jets today. We're talking about the Carolina Panthers who come in as minus four and a half point favorites. Is that the fucking lock of the season? Are we passing on it? Not going to say lock of the season, but I'm going to be hammering in the Panthers. I like Sam Darnold in a revenge game. Do like Robert Sala a lot. That roster is still a big fat mess, and I don't have any hopes for them earlier on in the season. So I'll be hammering in the Carolina Panthers uh, if that number stays right around that number. So, you know, not saying it's a lock of the century. Not going to say that, but I will be hammering it in if, uh, you know, if nothing too big changes here. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a lock of the century either, but it is honestly the first uh, maybe maybe besides yesterday, the first analysis that we've done that we've looked at week one, I'm like, yeah, that, that'll actually probably be one of my plays. Like, yeah. I, I don't have to go out all too far on a limb to to want to back that, especially with what that game means to Sam Darnold. Sure. They're going to know that. Joe Brady's going to have the boys ready to rock and roll. As per we believe, fingers crossed, you can never predict the future, but I think it's going to be just fine. I would gladly take the Panthers minus four and a half in week one against the Jets. So there you go. Way too early. Week one picks. Let's move on in to the win total, my friend. Alrighty. Now the Panthers are set at seven and a half wins. You heard me and Mags already both say that we uh, think it's eight minimum, maybe even nine. So, partner, I got to ask you before I do, got to let you and you know. The over seven and a half is at plus one hundred right mm-hmm. now, and the under seven and a half is at minus one twenty. Where you leaning? What you hammering in? Is this yet again the most confident one you've had yet? Not the most confident one I've had yet. I do like yesterday's better because that was the one that I was saying that right yesterday. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like that one better, but I, I man, I do like this one as well. Over seven and a half. We laid it all out. I think one way or another, they get at least wins and optimistically not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I could see even more than that. Not going to be hammering in any alternate totals, although they do entice me a little bit, especially the more we drink the Kool-Aid on this team, but I'll play it safe with that plus a hundred at seven and a half. No question. And, uh, you know, like I said, unless anything, unless anything, as long as nothing drastic changes here over the next few weeks, this might be one of the plays that I actually do hammer in it, hammer in as far as the season total is concerned. I do believe I'm going to be hammering this in, no question about it. Uh, Might be one of the ones I'm most confident about. Just about as confident in the Ravens under as I am in this one. I really like that plus 100 value. I I think it has extreme value there. And also, you mentioned the alternate totals. I think there might be a little bit of value there. If you're siding with me, you heard me talk a little bit about I think they might hit nine wins if you like over eight and a half. One extra win. That's all we need. You're getting that bad boy at plus 180 right now. The Panthers shock the world, go 4-2 and two in their division, and might pick up a couple sneaky wins outside of that to get to 10 wins over 9.5 plus 340. Absolutely crazy. I don't hate it. I don't hate it by any stretch of the word, but 
If you think we're crazy, you like the under, you think this team is going to be another 5-11 and team, not worth a damn, you can take under 6.5 for minus 160 or under 5.5 for minus 270. Now, that looks so to that's me... So that's not plus 160, plus 270? No, it is minus 160 and minus 270, okay. my friend. I uh, 150% know it is. <laughs> we'll pull it up just so you're peace of mind, so you know. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I 150% know it doesn't make sense is why I'm telling you from my handicapping ability, which is what I was about to segue into, is that that is a setup by the books. 150% the alternate win totals for the Carolina Panthers, minus 160 and minus 270. over. Oh, well, I apologize. (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, either way, it's still... Oh, never mind. I apologize. Either way. Uh, still somewhat decent odds, but uh, well, that still doesn't make sense to me. I, I would think that it would be able to go down to minus because you would uh, fucking under is at minus 120, so it would make sense for under 6.5 to be minus something more. Maybe not. I don't know. Either way, the under 6.5 <laughs> is plus 130, <laughs> and the under 5.5 is at plus 210. So that's where uh, if your heart's lying on the under 7.5, if you think that has more value, you think the under 6.5, under 5.5 has more value, there is the odds. Pardon me for the miscommunication on the odd total there. A little bit of a goofy, the way they fucking put that on there just does not make any type of sense whatsoever. (laughs) It's all good. But moving right along, I know it's all good, pal. You ain't got to tell me. (laughs) I'm keeping this son of a gun steaming down the track. So with that being said... Make or miss the playoffs. Are we going to see the Panthers in the 2021 playoffs? Yes, per the books is plus 270. No, per the books, minus 370. I don't hate. I don't hate a tiny little sprinkle, but I'm not going to be doing it. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm going to say no. I'm not going to be hammering in the minus 370. No value there. But uh, hey, man, I don't hate it. Uh, you know. However, the NFC West has four teams that you could make an argument that they could make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk me into the Carolina Panthers finishing second in the division, I'm all ears. I could listen to that conversation. Uh, and then you really have to wonder, is the NFC East going to be uh, anything more than one team? And Is the NFC North going to have anyone uh, coming out of the playoffs beyond uh, what we expect the Packers to be, Bears or Vikings? I don't know. So, Having said that, unless you think all four teams out of the NFC West are grabbing that playoff spot, uh, you know, it's uh, it's at least worth the thought. Yeah, I think it is worth a thought. I don't know necessarily. I, too, will either be hammered. Maybe we're drinking too much of the Kool-Aid. I don't know. Maybe even a sprinkle. That might be just a little bit more me being biased uh, kind of towards my Panthers boys. I don't know necessarily that we see them in the playoffs. I think we see a star-studded season from them. I think they're going to shake things up for sure in the NFC South, but I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't think they win that division by any means, and I think that would be one of the only ways that they could make the playoffs unless they end up in the second position behind the Buccaneers somehow, and then all that wildness with seven teams making the playoffs or eight teams, whatever it is now, all that wildness happens, they somehow squeak in. But I don't know. It would, it would have to be a lot for them to make it in. I think so too. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to be hammering that in, but I mean, hey, Bears and Vikings underperform. Only one whoa, 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 team. I'm just hypothetically here. Hypothetically here. Bears and Vikings underperform. Keep, keep NFC your hypothetical East, Bears opinions NFC over there. Pal. East only has one team. NFC West. It's too hard. It's really tough to have four teams. Obviously out of there. So if they beat out the Falcons and Saints, hey man, it ain't it ain't impossible. It ain't impossible for sure. So maybe make the playoffs worth a sprinkle. But speaking of which. 
I'm going to have to even put my more unbiased pants I mean, on tomorrow same morning with me. because <laughs> tomorrow we talk about the Chicago Bears. So, oh boy, oh dear. I, you know, I, I just, I don't want to go through the ceiling because of those of you TTL faithful. I don't even remember what, what episode was that. I, as we go down a quick rabbit hole, never know what you're going to get here at the TTL pod. It was during draft. It was during the exact draft, and we we oh. it was when we recorded audio only. And Mags would come over to the studio the night before we record it, and then we'd release it the day uh, the day the of, following whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. day following whatever you want to say. Man, it's so good to not say at the time of recording <laughs> anymore. Yeah, no but but Justin Fields got drafted mid-show mm-hmm. and i lost my hot damn mind i started running around the studio it was absolutely insane i suggest you go back and listen to it i i, I know it's in the title that it was but either way you can hear in that where my bears fandom lies so I, i'm gonna have to just really unless you break your eardrums because way of the fook in okay but hey this guy's <laughs> talking all this nonsense like he's not gonna be chubbing up over here once we talk about number 12 in the green and gold so that all being said Let's wrap up the betting preview here for the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. Once again, never know what you're going to get, my friends. That's why you tune in here. Those two episodes will be pretty contentious, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I do believe so. <laughs> so, hey, if you want uh, maybe a little bit of biased uh, fuckery going on in between our unbiased NFL analyst opinion, tune on into uh, the Bears episode tomorrow, and then whenever the packs will be, it'll be uh, quite a few away. But last but certainly not least uh kind of you know where where our thoughts lie it kind of lines up what we think the panthers are fourth right now in the nfc south to win it overall per the books right now they're getting 10 to 1 odds plus a thousand uh for you that like the american system um not uh i don't know i i you know like like i said i think it's the only way that they can squeak out if they win to get to the playoffs and i think it's actually accurately priced i mean i don't think that the saints and the falcons should be priced over them i think they're going to be much better than that i don't think they should be in fourth place but 10 to 1 is pretty accurate i would say 10 10 to 1 is pretty accurate but uh, i don't i think that the falcons and the saints should be right there too i don't think they should have any any leg to stand on yeah i'm right there with you i'm not uh, i'm not hammering this in as much as i was starting to drink the kool-aid there but uh yeah not happening there i mean Let's say hypothetically that they win the division. What has to happen? Tom Brady basically gets hurt or uh, actually starts becomes the 44-year-old that we've kind of been expecting for five years. And then the Saints become what we've kind of been alluding to the last few episodes. And then the Falcons are the Falcons. Once again, that would have to be the scenario. A lot of too many different things there. Too many different things to hammer that in. Too much. So then that being said, uh, probably no play on the NFC North winner. No. Uh, not going to go there, but they are plus 5,000 if you wanted to know, and they are 15th overall. The only team worse is the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Yikes. You said NFC North winner, but NFC Conference in, winner. NFC winner. Conference yeah, winner, yeah, NFC yeah. Conference winner overall. Uh, yeah, and then as far as the Super Bowl. Hammered it in, baby. No. <laughs> no real value at all. Uh, 90 to 1 right now, plus 9,000. Uh, really not even nope. not even worth a count i don't know how many other teams are above them nope. so i'm not even going to tell you that so there you go there you have it that wraps up the betting preview for the carolina panthers ladies and gentlemen let's close out the carolina panthers season preview with some of our favorite stuff during the nfl season we have been in a league together for almost a decade now so we'd like to say we know a little thing or two. We both have won the league. You multiple damn times, you arse. And I also have gotten second multiple times because of Al, if you're listening to this at some point in time, pal, coming for you this season. So He's not that good of a friend. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway. So with that being said, <laughs> holy fuck, just just burying them, burying them before the season Goodness starts. Gracious. They these two, those the aforementioned Al and this guy also put a Bears Packers bet down every single year. If you need to know where the animosity lies finally. there. Might have you. I got tired of dishing out 20 bucks every fucking year. I'm a realist. Al, not so much. However, moving along, <laughs> just slamming the fuck out of Al today. All right, here we go. Moving hey, we'll on. test his friendship. If he's got something to say, hey, he's a on, good friend. If, if, I don't hear, if I don't hear crickets for the next month, <laughs> then maybe, no you know, hey. So here we go, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Finishing up the Carolina Panthers season preview with our best fantasy advice and what we call start, stash, or... Oh, fuck. Stop. Ah, fuck. Start, oh, stash, or pass. Passing on that intro. Passing, Passing on, on that, that intro. intro. All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we're getting to the end of the show here. Uh, we still got a little bit to talk about before we do. So first things first here, partner. Most important position on the field. Yet again, any value. If you get an opportunity to target Sam Darnold in your draft, are you? And if you get your hands on him, are you starting him, stashing him, or passing on him? entirely you know i'm gonna have to pass on him um maybe put a little red flag just because of the weapons that he has maybe he's got a chance to rack up some yards but i don't see it being much of a uh high volume of touchdowns for mr sam darnold here so you know maybe if uh which i'm not but maybe if i'm in a 16 man league maybe i like him as uh targeting him as my backup maybe uh but overall i'm passing i'm not uh i'm not drinking the kool-aid on him as a fantasy quarterback quite yet i'm passing too with a lean to stash, because I year over year, I always put that red flag on him just thinking that, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. he's going to be worth an add to my bench. So, yes, I think he is worth a nice little red flag on the old waiver wire because I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. But if you're crazy enough to add him, hey, good luck. I hope that he does turn around. I hope he has great success in Carolina. And, hey, maybe after... The first three weeks and they go three and oh everybody's gonna be running into the wire for him and then we see a little bit of struggles that's actually i'm glad you brought that up because he, he would probably be more worth a play in the first half of that season but as we were mentioned it might be some growing pains especially for some fantasy action and then as we get into it it's gonna be a lot tougher sliding down the down the stretch there if you're Most expecting definitely. to be in the playoffs most definitely. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, no value outside of him there in the QB room. PJ Walker? No? No? <laughs> well, I don't think right now, not to say I'm a PJ Walker hater. I think PJ Walker's sure. top notch. I think he's a stud, but as far as fantasy right now, I just, I, not right yeah, now. I, was I don't think he's going to see the field. <laughs> uh, running back room. I already talked about it. Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard. As far as in my mind, no question you start Christian McCaffrey. No question if you're one of the very early picks, you target him number one, number two, number three overall. If somebody is crazy enough to let him drop that far, you pick his ass up. He's going to have a just fine season, and I think he's going to return to number one RB overall yet again. And then I do also believe that Chuba Hubbard's worth a stash. I think that you uh, definitely could consider him an elite-level handcuff. We'll have to see it a little bit first, but from what I saw at Oklahoma State, he's more than worthy of an elite-level handcuff title. As far as you, partner, what do you think in this RB room fantasy-wise? Well, before I go in, I have one question for you. If you have the number one pick in the draft, are you taking Christian McCaffrey? Yes. Okay, fair yes. enough. When, um, he, when he's healthy... He scored 155 more fantasy points than the second overall running back in the league. Mm -hmm. 
he his pass catching ability and his overall running ability are bar none. Especially PPR. Maybe PPR or if it's maybe not PPR, not, maybe not. But maybe PPR, not, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think you have to based on his ceiling. He could win you a league if he gets hurt again. Then you know you might be in some trouble. But uh, I think uh, as you mentioned early on in the show, I think he's going to be great this year. I think he's going to be healthy, and I think you have to, especially PPR, just off the ceiling that he has. And then as far as Chuba Hubbard, I'm right there with you. Kind of going walking back a little bit. If you know you're concerned about Christian McCaffrey, then you almost have to draft Chuba Hubbard. And even if not, if you can steal him, steal him from whoever does get Chuba, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think that's worth a look as well. Just based off of uh, obviously, if you think Christian McCaffrey uh, is just an injury bug guy, then yeah, you're gonna want you're gonna want Chuba Hubbard because uh, there's not many other guys in that backfield that are going to leap over Hubbard as far as the carries are concerned. If that were to happen, so I like both of these guys. Uh, stash and Chuba, and I'll take Christian uh, number one overall as well. Well, once again, we concur on yet another thing here for the Carolina Panthers. Moving right along into the wide receiver room, uh, this has got to be honestly, I one of my highest targetable targetability, whatever you want to say, as far as wide receivers okay. across the entire league. I think every single guy has startability. I think every single guy deserves it. I would gladly, not not in the early rounds by any means, but wide receiver two, 150%, yep. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. We got to see a little bit from Terrace Marshall. Of course. But that's all right. I'll see a week or two with him stashed on my bench sure. and throw him into my flex, no problem, and maybe even WR2 if worthy. I'll also take a look at She Smith. I'll stash him a lot deeper. I'm a lot less high as him I am on the rest of them, as are you too. But I think She Smith is worth a stash too because I think he gets a lot of the two to seven yard pass work and rips off some of okay. those. You might see him get three catches, but he rips off of each of them for 15 to 25 yards. Yeah. And that's great for fantasy value, right. especially PPR. So I think that's uh, I think that's top notch. I think that's um, some of the guys that you should target. Definitely, I'm going to be targeting. I'll definitely stash way, way down more She. I'll stash Terrace, and then I'll def. I would definitely start Robbie. I'd start Robbie a little bit lower than DJ. I'm a little bit higher on DJ. But then again, with the connection with Sam Darnold, the kind of jury's still out to see what that sure. rekindling's going to be like. And then last but certainly not least, David Moore. I don't know how he's going to work into this offense, but I think he is worth a red flag. I'm yeah. Pass on him for the time mm-hmm. being, as far as any draft stock would go. But I suggest you keep an eye on him on the waiver wire because, uh, like I said, he just got lost in uh, the Seattle wide receiver room, and I think he may get found again here in Carolina. Yeah, I'll start at the back end there. I, uh, I'm i also going to be stashing Terrace Marshall. I could see a uh, nice ceiling there in his rookie season. But as you mentioned, I'm going to be stashing him the first three weeks if I get him. Not really sure where he's going to be going in drafts, but I'm not going to be reaching for him. Uh, but I would like to have him as a stash option there. David Moore, I'm probably going to be passing on him. I do agree with what you said earlier on in the show that he might make an impact. But as far as the stat sheet and fantasy-wise is concerned, yeah. I'm uh, you know obviously if he comes out and proves us wrong, then hey, grab him on the way. Wire. Otherwise, I'm passing. And then as for the top two guys, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, I like both of these guys. Kind of in the same vein that, vein that you are. If you And it might fall into your draft strategy. If you're taking running backs heavy at the first couple of rounds, these guys might be right there and definitely worth a scoop uh, if you don't get one of those top five wide receivers. Uh, Robbie Anderson, number 19 last year. DJ Moore, number 25. At the very worst, I see that again. Both of those guys were right around an average of 14 points a week. So I like that. Um, Like you said, I'm not taking him as my wide receiver one unless... 
unless I you go get screwed. Unless, well, unless I go real heavy, and if I get lucky and get some, you know, two or three running backs that I really, really like off the top of the draft, sure. I can kind of hang my hat on. Hey, I got a couple guys, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, that I really like and can scoop up in round four or five. So sure. I'll be uh, starting them for sure. Also, at the same token, don't target both of them. <laughs> it's yeah. Also keep that in mind. I mean, if you you mentioned that, if you've been playing fantasy for a while, you you know that by now. But it it always bears mentioning. Just don't, very rare don't, case that it works out where you yeah, have two. Yeah, don't target receivers on the same team for one of your teams. It just it very rarely works out that they both have good fantasy success right. on a given week. Right. So there you go. There you have it. Good mention. One more position before the defense. I'm not going to forget about the defense, but in my mind, sometimes makes or breaks a fantasy week. And if you can get one of these boys who's got a boot and sticks it through the uprights week in and week out, and hey, they say, big boy, try it on out there 40, 50, maybe 55 plus, and go stick one through for us to win this game, and he consistently does that, I think it's worth noting. Okay. So, my friends, I will yet again be targeting, and if you sons of guns in my league pull my fucking move, I am going to absolutely destroy every single one of you. Joey Sly, one of my favorite kickers in the league, man. I'm taking him now. I, you know, I am <laughs> really big fan of Joey Sly overall. You know, he is, uh, he's a guy who's just kind of been quiet for the last couple seasons. I mean, if, you might not even know the name if you don't really care about kickers all too much, but Joey Sly is a dog, man. And I think we see him only continue to improve here. It, he was going to free agency and then the Panthers re-signed him from what it looks like. I hope I'm not speaking wrong here because it looks like they re-signed him. But man, I, I'm huge on Joey Sly and I, I would definitely target him. If you need a kicker in the late rounds, you need somebody good and he fell, take Joey Sly. Yeah, I am uh, I can't add too much there. I'm not uh, going to be ringing the bells on Joey Sly, but I don't hate him. I'd like to have him. Yeah, definitely worth an ad. Just thought there. And then last but certainly not least, this defensive and special teams unit. Now, the special teams unit intrigues me to the whole defense ST part of this whole thing because they do have some very solid players and could put themselves into positions where they might be having some uh, maybe some return scores, maybe some uh, different little things on special teams that run up some points. I think that's a very, very big possibility for them. Now, defensively, I don't know that it's going to be a whole bunch of points. I'm going to have to wait and see just for a little while. As far as this defensive back unit, as far as the front seven, what kind of pressure they generate, what kind of turnovers they can get. Right now, I'm I'm passing. Right now, I'm okay. passing. I might stash. I might add a little bit of a lean to stash. But right now, I'm just going to pass, keep them on the waiver wire. But I do think that they have a decently high ceiling with not much of a floor, honestly. You can't get any worse than they were last year. Right. Number 19 defense last year. I'm doing a little bit of an early season stash and might have a, uh, you know matchup-based plays here in the first few weeks, kind of given that uh, easier schedule. Not putting all my chips on them as my you know token defense for my fantasy team specifically for the reason that they're backloaded here and you're not going to be able to rely on them if you're hoping to make the playoffs and beyond uh, because week 15, 16, you know, fantasy playoff season, 14, 15, 16, Falcons, Bills, Tampa, and then if you're playing 17, 18, Saints and Bucks. So not going to be a fantasy uh, playoff defense to play here, but, uh, you know, I'm stashing for those early games. I might even, uh, you know, if I've got a chance to play them against the Jets or Texans week one and three, I might be interested in that. Glad you mentioned that too, because that is uh, definitely worth some of those matchups early in the season or might definitely be worth a look and a little plug and play action for the Panthers defense. So 
Anything else fantasy-wise, partner? Did we skip tight ends? Oh, we did skip tight ends. I do apologize. We skipped right over tight ends. Uh, yes, you have Ian. Ian Thomas. Ian and Thomas. Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. And then also uh, Trembley, right? Uh, yeah, the guy they picked up in the draft. Tommy, Tommy Tremble. Tremble yeah. Tommy Tremble, not Tremley. Tommy Tremble. Uh, honestly, it looks like Tommy Tremble might compete for some snaps here, compete for some catches. Ian Thompson, or I want to make sure I'm Ian saying Thomas. Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. I can literally picture his face, but I can't remember his name. Ian Thomas. Doggone it. Uh, solid fantasy production. Nothing to write home about. He'll sit on your waiver wire most of the season, so I really don't think that he's worth an atom. I'll pass on him just for now. Dan Arnold. I would take a stash on him as my second tight end right now if I couldn't get anybody a little bit higher. I, but I, I think he's worth a, a nice TE2 stash. And then that Tommy Tremble, I don't know enough about him quite no. yet to tell you, so I'll pass on him as well. So I'd say in my mind, the only real value right now would be Dan Arnold. I think he does a lot coming out of Arizona. Yeah, I'm uh, basically right there with you. Dan Arnold was the number 23 tight end in Arizona, and... I'm just I I'm, I want to stash him. He's a potential sleeper, but uh, you know Ian Thomas is still there, and despite Ian Tom- Ian Thomas had the tenth most passing he, passing routes ran by a tight end this season oh. or this past season, and he only had 20 catches for 145 yards. So really bizarre production there. So I have to imagine that if they like Dan Arnold, he's gonna get a he's gonna end up getting the bulk of that uh, snap percentage and the kind of similar route uh, production there. So I'm kind of stashing Dan Arnold in the hopes that he is a potential sleeper. Um, But aside from that, I, especially given the production that he had with the 10th most tight end routes and only 20 catches, I've got no interest in Ian Thomas, but uh, yeah, I'll take a little bit of a late round stash on Dan Arnold. All right. Well, once a grin, again, once a grin, a grin, again, we, uh, we agree on yet another topic from the Panthers. So, hey, this might uh, this might be a team you hear us talk about a lot in the upcoming season on our daily show, daily betting show. And then we also are kind of talking about it might work in some fantasy DFS, too, on some of those yeah, lighter but- days on like Tuesday, Wednesday. Obviously, you know, getting getting stuff juiced up for your waiver wire additions for the fantasy week, stuff like that. There's really no other action going on. So we might switch that up on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, stuff like that. But that's still about five and a few days, five weeks and a few days away. So uh, we'll let you know all about that. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, just a quick reminder, that does it all for the Carolina Panthers. From the TTL crew to you, you have it all. And, uh, you know, like I said, we we do this we do this for us to help us get ready get excited get juiced get locked in uh make the best analysis and plays we can all throughout the NFL season but we didn't want to do it behind closed doors so we brought it right to you guys to help you guys so we do this for you we want you to be knowledgeable as we are about the Panthers about every single team we do if you've missed anyone yet, go back, check it out. Uh, it's it's the exact same thing. We break down the full lineup, the full schedule, betting preview, and start stash or pass for every single team. We'll keep doing it until the NFL season starts. And, uh, you know, maybe we might dish in a few extras here or there. Maybe two teams a show go a little bit longer, cut out any additional stuff out of there. Who knows? We'll see what happens as we kind of approach the NFL season a little bit more. But once again, that's everything. Carolina Panthers. So, ladies and gentlemen, before I wrap this show up, the only way I know how with my motivation minutes, partner, 
anything I missed or anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul that you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 94 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 3rd, 2021. How about a little random NFL fact? Lay it on me. On this day, uh, shoot, I didn't write the day down. What was wrong with me? I believe it was 1985. Uh, the first NFL American Bowl exhibition game at London's Wembley Stadium. Your Bears beat America's team 17 to 6 in the first contest of that. I don't know how I missed writing down the day of that, um, but I do believe it was 1985. Let me see if I can pull that up really quick. But it was your Bears beating the uh, America's team. Uh, 1986, I was close. Oh, so the defend- your defending champion Bears playing the America's team there. So that's it. You can cut out the uh, fi- final Jeopardy music here. But, uh, yeah, got uh, NFL dipping their toes in London first time. 35 years ago today. 35 years ago today. You heard it here first. You might not hear it anywhere else. Ladies and gentlemen, my Bears faced America's team, the Cowboys, in the first ever exhibition game at Wembley Stadium in London, England. But I didn't know that. It took like 20... 20 Hail to the Queen. About 20 years until they finally played a regular season game there, though. Really? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Well, I know we got a couple uh, couple outside of the States this year, right? One in, one in Mexico, one, one in England. At least one's in London, at least. One in London. I'm not sure, but that uh, hopefully hopefully they do have that. Because one of the teams we already covered was in there. I can't remember which one it was. The Falcons. Is it? The Falcons, yeah. Uh, So there you go. There you have it. RMAG sidebar, ladies and gentlemen. Let's put a cherry on the proverbial Sunday that is episode 94. The only way I know how. You share your hard-earned time. You take moments out of your day to spend with us. You give us your support and following. So I got to pay it back for you, give you a little something to take with you throughout your day. So today, my friends, for my motivation minutes, first things first, as you can see now. If you uh, didn't tune in last month at the start of the month, I uh, told you guys I would start consistently doing this. I've been doing this two months now. Uh, So this will go on the third month in a row now. And it is my quote of the month series. If you uh, guys didn't tune in the last one or the one before, um, I told you that I have a dry erase calendar that I keep track of everything, obviously, just like you would typically use a calendar for, but I, it's just a dry erase board and I found so much value in it. If you guys are like, I don't know, this is just kind of a free plug, but Hey, if you guys are looking for something that really helps grab you one of those, I'm telling you a dry erase calendar board will change your life. But that's not what I'm here to tell you today. What I'm here to tell you is that every single month I put a new quote at the top of that calendar board because it has a wide open space. Figure why the hell not. So I wanted to, from every month going forward, share with you my quote of the month, kind of share you guys where my head's at, where my energy is, where I'm, what I intend to bring to you guys. And hopefully you guys can have that same energy, reciprocate that energy, and we can all grow and achieve and learn and become better together. So kind of all-encompassing in a nutshell what I intend to do with these uh, quote of the months. But uh, here you go. Let you have it. Today's quote of the month, my friends. Winners are losers who got up and gave it another try. One more time, as always. Winners are losers who got up and gave it another try. 
I mean, that's pretty much self-explanatory, my friends. You've heard the old uh, Chinese or Japanese proverb, the uh, you fall seven times, get up eight. Um, I talk a lot about adversity, talk a lot about smashing through those barriers in your life, not turning around when you see them, but figuring out any way possible to scale over them or to smash right through them. Don't go around them and avoid them. In order to be a winner in this life, you have to have that mindset and it's okay if you're a loser. What that quote tells me is it's okay if you're a loser. It's okay if you failed. We all fail. We're all human beings. We live on a fucking floating rock in the middle of nowhere. We all have the same problems. It's okay to fail. It's okay to be a loser. But you can turn into a winner. And what that quote tells me is whenever I fail, whenever I feel that I'm less less than, I don't measure up, I'm a loser in my eyes, all I got to do is get back up and try again. And I'm afforded the opportunity to be a winner. That's the most beautiful part about this life is every time you get up in the morning, you're afforded the next opportunity to be a winner and to find success. Be happy, centered, and fulfilled. Reach your dreams, reach your goals, chase your passions. You have every opportunity to become a winner in your life, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance. So my friends, I'll let you go on your own rabbit hole on the quote of the month. I'll tell it to you one more time here again, just in case you missed it. But that's where my energy is this month. I'm not going to let any failure, any bump in the road, any wall in my path stand in my way of success, stand in my way of being a winner in this life. I may have been a loser in the past, but I choose to be a winner today. And I hope you do too. So for the quote of the month and closing out today's Motivation Minutes, remember, winners are losers who got up and gave it another try. And that does it for my Motivation Minutes for today. I love it, my man. I, yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into it because as you mentioned, there's so many different rabbit holes that you could go down with this. Whether it's a small failure or a major failure, whether you're 15 years, 15 years old or 55 years old, it's never too late to turn things around and be a winner as you're talking about here. Be a winner, baby. And remember, it's okay to be a loser, but don't get stuck in the loser frequency. We got to vibrate on up to the winner frequency, baby. Come on, let's keep it moving, keep it grooving. And all you got to remember, stop comparing yourself to everybody else. And if you're winning or losing, comparing to them. How you determine... If you're winning, and I'm very sorry I didn't say this, but this is my higher power telling telling me to tell you guys this. But if you if you're winning, if if you're losing, I'm sorry rather, it is very 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 easy to just hit the reset button, hit the reset button, and choose to start winning. You are not a loser. You do not have to stay in that mindset you can change that mindset you can change your frequency you can be a winner right here and right now stop comparing yourself hey this is one more point i'm sorry stop comparing yourself to everyone else how you determine if you are a winner or a loser is how you are today compared to yesterday Stop comparing yourself to whatever you see on social media, whatever you see from somebody else, whatever you see from some famous person. Stop comparing yourself to that because that is not where you determine if you are a winner 
or a loser. You determine in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, if you are a winner or a loser, by if you became better today than you were yesterday. And if you can check that box, you're a winner in my book. So that, ladies and gentlemen, officially does it for my motivation minutes for today. Good shit. And officially does it. Lost my train of thought there uh, mid-conversation. No, I mean, because, that last point uh, was very, yeah, very lost, critical. Lost my train of thought right uh, because I always like to uh, give credit to my God when credit's due. And I didn't have that thought before. And uh, he, he likes to touch a little in my head sometimes. And I was like, okay, where'd that thought come from? So there you go. There you have it. All of my motivation minutes for today. Be a winner, not a loser, baby. Let's go. I hope you're juiced up now to get on about your Tuesday. We got plenty to get to. We got stuff behind the scenes outside of Talking the Line podcast. We got TTL Sports Media stuff to tackle. We got stuff to discuss. We got additional content to roll out. And we got tomorrow's show to get to work on as well. As a reminder, episode number 95, the sixth installment of the NFL Special Editions on the TTL pod will be tomorrow my Chicago Bears, I promise to stay unbiased as possible. Our mags will promise to not pound them through the floor as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, we probably got a nice balance of... We'll uh, find a nice balance right overly in Overly optimistic, underly pessimistic, you know. Everything in moderation, as yeah, I always exactly. like to say. But for now, that does it for episode 94 of the TTL pod. Carolina Panthers NFL special edition on this beautiful, so you don't have to check your calendar one more time, August 3rd, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, fans of the Shield, Carolina Panther fans, everybody in between, far and wide, high and low, anybody I missed from me and Mags. Thank you so much once again. I know I've said it so many times, but once again, for choosing to stop by the Talking the Line podcast today, share your hard-earned time with us. Give us your support and your following. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell you better make sure you never want to miss any new content or the start of a live show. Make sure you visit the Talking the Line link tree in this episode's description. Hit up the talkingtheline.com website. It's been live for about two weeks now. Got some great feedback on it. Make sure you jump in there. Mr. Magnuson dissed out a brand new blog on that bad boy last night. I got one coming out here today. We're just going to keep stuff rolling, keep moving, keep grooving. Make sure you stay tuned in. And if at the bare minimum, just follow us on Twitter, at Talking the Line. Super easy. That way you'll always stay updated and get the latest and greatest in the sports and sports gambling industry. For now, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, everyone, have a spectacular rest of your Tuesday, unless you have other plans. And even though we didn't dish any out, we can't close it any other way. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>